Hey guys, I'm Danny. And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast. Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family, from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. What up, everybody? We've taken some time off, Oh, guys. yes, we have, okay? Because <laughs> life was crazy just like the rest of all of you. Yeah. And it just... But summer was the best summer ever. We did. We agreed that this was our best summer ever. And it wasn't even because any, like, extravagant... No. ...trips or nope. events. It was just awesome. Yeah, we just we just really lived it up with our people. Yeah, we did. Our, we're, at, we're at that epic age. My wife's described it as, like, this very incredible time when our kids still like us a little bit they still need us yeah well, and no, they, they kind like of us. listen yes they like us but yet they can all wipe their butt yeah they can all tie their shoes yes like get themselves dressed we're just right in that right in that perfect phase yep even though it's still so hard yeah but this is episode 47 and we're so excited to be back with you guys so much happening i'll tell you what when it comes down to like mental health and, and addictions even in July and August, I have a lot of friends and acquaintances who own treatment centers, right? They're yeah. Places that help people with these issues and they're very good at it. But they even tell me how sometimes in the end of summer is the only time they're not bursting at the seams because quite honestly, most families are trying to take a vacation from their, their problems, their loved ones problems. Yeah. No, and their own. I get it. And their like, own. <laughs> So, you kind of have to take a break and yeah. summer's a great time to do it, man. There's a but lot when, to do. When school starts up again, we all enter these routines and everybody jumps back in. And that's when inevitably people start looking at situations and go, okay, we got to do something about this. Yeah. It's so, like, oh, back to life, back to reality. So much, so much has happened with us over the last couple months. I'm sure like, just like all of you. Yeah. A couple highlights. Well, we've just, I feel like we've been drinking out of a water hose kind of because both of our boys decided on top of doing motocross, they wanted to do tackle football. And I'll just say it right now. I hate football. There's nothing about well, football. Well, she didn't grow like. up in a football family. Let me just remind you. It doesn't of that. matter. Yes, it does. I still don't like football today as an adult woman. I don't. She just doesn't understand it. it. And she associates it to cold. When football starts, it means summer's ending, fall's coming, winter's coming. Yeah. Why would I like that? Okay. Well, it's okay. It's not normal. I no. think you're in the minority. Nope. I don't think so. She is. She's in the minority. <laughs> Let's take a poll. But I want to know. not only did our boys start football, and those of you who've done football already know, and those who don't, it's five days a week. Yeah. There's like four practices, if not more, and a game. So to add insult to injury here is um, <laughs> we got an email from the board of directors, board of directors for the football league that said, well, we already asked you and we asked everyone else. So if you aren't willing to coach your son's team, it looks like they might not have a season. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. Just put it on me like that. Danny's like, that's awesome. I've never coached football before. <laughs> well, I know football. I love the game of football. Unlike my wife, I love it, love it, love it. Coaching, it's different than watching it and understanding it. But I told them, I said, I don't, my entire life, at least the last 12 years before now, I worked a very structured job. Right. Nine to five. Yeah. Well, it was actually like, or, or like three, three to two, to, yeah. <laughs> but it was set in stone. I'm like, now I might find, I might find out to actually just got a text about a bit of an emergency, but I might find out from someone that I'm going to help them tomorrow night. I'm right, going to be in, a, right. in their it's home. Just, or, it's just always. So I'm a very unreliable, unpredicting person to be taking on the responsibility. Coaching, but nonetheless. Here we are. 
here we are. My son had an <laughs> advent calendar counting down the days to football like someone would Christmas. No, that's it's a fact. And so. I couldn't crush his dream, so we're winging it. Um, we just had our first game, and I couldn't believe how fast the game was moving and how much it required. Yeah. It's unbelievable. <laughs> no, but also, here's the best part. The first game fell on a night where we already had something going on and we could we could not back out of this commitment it was a big huge networking party yeah. okay and so danny's trying to figure out okay how can i do both and he literally coached the game stood in what 95 degree weather yeah, sweating coaching sweating 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 gets in his truck <laughs> pulls, i pulled over to a, a maverick over. gas station my wife had a bag and then this bag was a What's what's the theme? A, yeah, it was a, a Bridgerton. Yeah, like a Bridgerton costume type of, you know. Like. I ran in the bathroom, put on this massive, enormous costume of layers and layers of <laughs> thick clothing. Walked out, Here smiled, we go. went to event number two. So <laughs> I know everyone out there has been living their life th that way in some way or another. But yeah. a lot of awesome things. Um, our son got his first phone. He is what we consider the lamest phone. I actually it's opened a flip it. Phone, but it looks different. Than yeah, and I looked at it. I was like, "Oh, this is this is really anticlimactic." It. We have to put the numbers in, and so he can only call or text about five people. So it's his mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, yeah. his uncle, yeah. Smith Alley, a guy. I yeah, work Smith with. Alley. But there's nothing to it. Like it can text, call, and actually he can have music. And I yes, I I can control if he can download apps and only certain apps are allowed. And he has a a Spotify kids account. And so but, he has that. Yeah. It's good though. It's good for us as we're navigating through this. Like so many parents, it doesn't have any internet, no but, access to any of that. But so. here's the best part about it. Here we are thinking, Oh my gosh, we're going into this. He's going into seventh grade. We've got a phone now, blah, blah, blah. The kid cannot ever oh. find his phone. Well, let's back up. Okay. We got to get into the topic, but two people in my house now that can't find their phone. <laughs> My wife, who's constantly using her Apple Watch to ding her phone. Yeah, that's the only Hey, everybody, freeze. Stop. Before we go anywhere, see if you can hear my phone. And now our son, but it doesn't have a dinger. Yeah, I know. That's hard. That is annoying. So we don't know where the thing is half the time. And yeah. when he does find and it, he forgot to charge it. And we're like, cool. Yeah, we're like, great. So it wasn't that big of a deal, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> we did have a few parent fails. Um, one is probably staying too busy. We've got our kids doing so many things. We're a big believer in keeping our kids active and connected to things, but this last week or so we've kind of had a few moments where we, we feel like we're doing too much. Yeah. We're running yep. too fast. Yep. And so we're trying to be more aware of that. Yep. And then I made a big mistake. Um, I don't carry any secrets. Everyone knows that our secrets to keep us sick. I have nothing in my life that I would hide. If, if heavenly father, if God came out of the sky tomorrow and I wouldn't have any reason to run and hide or anything, you know, that I'm, yeah secrets i've yeah. none it's so beautiful it took me so long to get there <laughs> except i do have a hidden album on, on my a hidden picture album on my phone okay they're all pictures of my wife they are they're pictures i either took when she didn't know or she did know but they're hidden on my phone okay. so my kids can't see them right good job that's man. cool they're good those that's because i'm i love you i'm attracted to you i think you're beautiful i have okay. on my phone is that a problem no. Okay. That's well, it's great. true. I'm glad everyone knows now. Well, it's nothing crazy. It's just like pictures I like that are for me. It's awesome. It makes me feel special. Oh, I'm glad. We need <laughs> but more of that. I also had a whole bunch of pictures where maybe I was taking a picture of mom doing something. Then all of a sudden there's a picture that's more zoomed in on her butt and she's clothed. Okay. She's got clothes on, but I think she has the cutest butt. So I didn't realize 
how many pictures of mom's butt I had. And these are like with her jeans on or a dress on, but there's a picture of her. And then the next picture is like of her butt. And both my boys brought their iPads up and they use the same ID on their iPads yeah. as me. So and they only get them when we go on family trips. So then they get all these new pictures. Yeah. Cause it's the only time they use their iPads. And so that they come up and they're like, what is this dad? Like what's you have so many pictures of mom's butt. And I was like, <laughs> Oh boy. Well, yeah. I said, yeah, I do busted. I think your mom's beautiful. So anyway, lots hey, going on. Indeed. We've, we've failed at a few things we've done. Okay. At a yeah. few things, but today we wanted to really talk about a topic that I hope will help those listening. And it's, can you relate? Yep. Can you relate? I want to just quickly describe, I don't know. Should we say two? Yeah, let's do two. I like two that. of the most recent scenarios of families, the, the dynamic, the structure that I'm working with and see if this, if you can relate. Nowadays, the way we live is it's no longer, hey, my uncle, four generations ago on my mother's side, you know, we were doing family history, I realized was an alcoholic. Those days are gone. Now, no matter who you are, it's your cousin, your nephew, yeah, your, your sister. aunt, your sister, your mom, yeah, your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife. Yep. It's very close to home. So we all know someone. I want to describe these just these two families or this these two dynamics and see if you're like, yep, sounds like us. Yeah. Oh, that's exactly like us. We'll just go with family number one. Should we come up with a name or just call them family number one? Family number one. Family number one. Beautiful, educated, successful, amazing. First time I met the whole family, I was like, wow. I actually felt, I, I just, it was powerful. Okay, just an incredible family. The way in which I got to know this family was by one of the sisters. Okay. It was her brother whose life has completely unraveled. Now, again, it's progressive. When this all started, it wasn't this way. But now we're talking about living in trailer parks, not knowing where he is, being on the streets. Drug use is reckless, dangerous. They're terrified. Sometimes there's violent acts, guns involved, they're arrested. So now it's become serious. So the way that this all came about was a sister finally just couldn't take it anymore. She called, she reached out to me, brought the troops, got everybody, rallied everybody together. We had a call together, her and I outlined kind of just all the different details and aspects and challenges ahead. And then we brought together the family in that meeting it included his ex-wife who was representing their children that they had. And then it was another sister, actually two other sisters, the mom and the dad. The reason I wanted to bring this up is each one of them were affected so differently. Each one of them had their own individual journey along with their son, brother, or husband. And each one of them, it's a process Every time you love someone whose addiction gets to this place where their life is now in jeopardy, there's a process for them and there's a process for you. Right. You go through your own process and there's phases in that process. So if you've gone through these, don't beat yourself up. Everybody does, but stop, stop, just stop it from happening. There's so many phases. At first it's denial. And then maybe you can't, you can't hide it anymore. You can't, you just can't avoid it. So you're like, okay, cool. But I blame it because this happened. Maybe they got bullied or something happened or they were in an accident. Or since a young age, they just had ADHD really bad. You start blaming it on something, again, just keeping you right there. 
stuck. Then it progresses. And quite often, everybody just falls into a role. Yeah. There's always the enabler. The enabler is usually mom or a sister who's this saint, this valiant person who's so obedient, so giving, so loving, so kind, so Christ-like. They would do anything. They're the ones who pray themselves sick. Pray so hard for a miracle. And they're the ones that usually rescue them. We what In our courses, we call it the drywall patcher. They're usually mm-hmm. the one that their loved one goes around punching holes in the wall as fast as they can, and they just go behind patching them up. Yep. But they fall right into that role because the, the person's addiction teaches them exactly what to do. Yep. They're very good at playing that role. That. Then, and I, this isn't always the case, but typically you'll get the dad who he just wants to fix it. And I know I'm guilty of this. Us guys, when there's a problem with our family, we just want to fix the problem. Like, what do we have to do to fix it, right? They can't fix it. So what they do is then they divert themselves. Their attention goes to work. Maybe they become addicted to work. Yeah. They can avoid the problems at their home because they're always working. Often happens. Or they get stuck blaming it on something or whatever it is. You have, in the in, the, in this dynamic, it's exactly what's happening. And then you have sisters who have different responses. One of them's just heartbroken. She's always there to help. She like kind of understands addiction and not enabling, but she's still there to take his calls every day and be his punching bag and listen to him when he wants to cry, rant and rave. Meanwhile, the other sibling is now becoming resentful. Here I am the youngest. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. I am dominating life. And no one no one even knows I exist because all the attention and it's going to this one person in the family. So they start to build resentments. Every family member just gets sucked right into these specific ruts. And guess what? It's always the ones that work for them. That's why addiction is so powerful. Yeah. I want to stop you right there and just say, it's so funny because we, we go into like great depth on this topic in our courses. Yeah. Um, just this specific thing. Um, drilling through each thing but also it's available we we made a pdf that you can just download right off of our um it's right on our instagram page if you go to our link tree it says the four lies families believe and i just want to i just want to quickly if you don't mind and that's in this some of the this is some of the material in course one yeah this is this is we we just go through all of this in depth in course one but it's the four lies that family families believe it's fear, victim, hope, and guilt. And just to like paint a picture of that, hope looks like this. Well, I I don't think it's as bad as let's say I'm I'm the person telling my mom I think there's a big problem um with my brother. And my mom's response is something like this. I'm not I'm really hopeful about this because um you know, I talked to him and he's got a job interview this next week. So I, you know, I feel good about things. I yeah. think, I think he's heading in the right direction or it's been a really hard season. I think as soon as COVID's yeah. over and they get yeah. back to working in the office instead or, of or, home or like, no, I found him a new therapist and he committed to going. So I'm really, I feel, I feel like that's, that's, that's great. Or, um, e- even the person gives you hope by, by saying, I know you're really worried about me, but I, I'm I'm going to my meetings again. I, I I I'm committing to doing them twice a week. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to my meetings twice a week, just to kind of give you just enough that you'll go. Okay, I won't I won't pull the fire alarm today. Correct. Right. Yep. But again, you can like if you go to our um, Instagram handle, your living proof, 
and click on the link tree, it shows up right there. And you can actually print out this PDF that, that just goes through very briefly just these things. And you can kind of identify like where you're at. And then, well, the, the, the we goal go is this. It's one. literally what I help people achieve. First of all, what is it that's holding you back? Like, why are we not doing what's necessary? Yeah. If, if your loved one had cancer, it would be relentless. Nothing, no obstacles. No, we would, even if your finances were the obstacle, how are we going to afford this? You'll figure it out. Right. You just so quickly move past the obstacles when it comes to mental health and addictions, people stay stuck yeah. just forever. And it drives me crazy. The other family I want to paint the picture of is mom and dad that are incredible. These are mom and dads who get it right. They're yeah. not naive. They're not what I, you know, eyes wide open. Yeah. They're not like what some people refer to as being old school, right? They're eyes wide open. Um, they've educated themselves. They both have successful businesses. Most of their kids are just thriving and they have one, a, a son, one child in their home who they just cannot connect with. Like they've tried mm -hmm. and they're, they're not using consequences to cure. They're not using fear tactics, but they're also not just ignoring the things they're doing. But what's happened is over time it's progressed and they're sweet at one point, innocent son because of what he's been carrying has caused him to become a closet drinker, consuming enough alcohol to knock him out and he's doing it on his own. Yeah. It's a scary thing. And so finally they realize we, we don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. But again, there was this process for so long, right? This didn't just happen overnight. It's not like he got no, picked on at school years, years, this progression from him, you know, and it all started with pornography and it started with vaping. He started adding that on, started dabbing. If you're not familiar with these terms, they're just all fancy words for smoking things. It went from smoking cigarettes to then smoking marijuana and then figuring out how to get his hands on alcohol, which happened to be the perfect medicine for him. Yeah. In that family, the same thing happened. One of the siblings was so angry, didn't ended up ruining her relationship with her parents because nothing was happening. Yeah. The other child became frustrated mom and dad because they weren't doing enough to help. The other sibling was always there for him, always took their calls. We'd always help them out when they need a little bit of money. And for a long time, mom and dad differed enough that it actually started having a negative impact on their relationship just because they both desperately wanted to help so bad, but they were coming at it different ways. The moral of the story is every one of our families has this dynamic. Every one of our families has someone stuck. And maybe, maybe their addiction is in the very beginning phases. Maybe they're just depressed, severe depression, anxiety. They just paralyzing, paralyzing. Yeah. Maybe they're, which is quite often the case, social media pressures and inappropriate things online addictions to like, well, let's not even call them addictions, bad, bad habits. habits of viewing pornography. Let's not even say pornography of inappropriate things progresses then to pornography, but everyone gets into these places where the rest of the family starts to identify and go, okay, there's a problem. Mm -hmm. If everyone could understand the universal concept, these are situations that you cannot handle in-house. Right. Well, and, and I'll be honest, like it's so interesting because there's always that whistleblower, yeah. right? There's always the I'm whistleblower glad you brought that up. in the family. That's like, hold on. Um, I'm just going to stand up and, and call us all out. 
can you see this problem, right? And I, I like, I know that was in your family. Like your oh, little we, brother was like that. It, like, and hello. it happened in the Salt Lake County Jail parking lot. Little brother just finally blew a lid. I think he actually fit, got fit into a physical altercation with my other brother and my dad. But it was just also he was so desperate and so emotional and crying and just finally yelling at my parents. And he was the youngest. What are we doing? He's gonna die. Yeah. And you guys are just, you keep doing the same stupid things. Yeah. But it's such a difficult situation to be in because, and I've been in, in it in my own family, where I'm I'm seeing something that's that's alarming to me. And I want my family to see the, the problem. I, I want them to see it. And it's always kind of, brushed off or just kind of like yeah no we're, we're we know we're aware we're and so this whistleblower is left trying to like convince everyone no we all need to get together on this like and so if you are that person and you found this podcast because you see you know you know someone who's really struggling and you're trying to fight for them I just want to say the best thing you can do is is buy the courses and just say, okay, if you don't think that there's a problem, that's fine. But let's all commit to watching the, these four courses and then deciding what we should do. Yeah. Right? Every, because it, it, what it does is it takes away people's opinions. Like, I don't know if correct. there's a problem. And it turns it into action immediately. Yep. Yep. Because people are always like, well, what do you want us to do? What do you think? We've tried everything. They have to want it for themselves. Yeah. I mean, we hear the same thing. Oh, we've tried. We've done it. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, they won't do it. We've, we, you know, we've already offered. And it's like, no, that's, you're the problem. Okay. <laughs> and so that's why the courses, that's literally why we bought the courses is to keep, to help families who are right there. They're right at that cusp of maybe we could pull it together and actually do something to help or let's stay paralyzed in our own dysfunction forever. Because let's be honest we would actually choose our own dysfunction over progress because it's comfortable. <laughs> At least we're comfortable with our own dysfunction. Even if we know it's dysfunction, we're totally comfortable with it. So it just, it's, it's this missing piece where you're going, okay, this is the chance for everybody to, to recognize the role that they're playing, going back to those four lies families believe, and actually push past your own family dysfunction. Yeah. Well, and I think the start, a lot of people get to the point, they know they need help, but they just don't know what the starting yeah, they point don't know, is. They, I literally ran into somebody out and about running errands that literally was like, okay, I've listened to your podcast. It's amazing. Thank you so much. What do you think I should do? And I was like, okay, the, have, you, have you taken the courses yet? No. Sh should I? I'm like, yes, 100%. And a week of going through those courses, you'll, you personally will be so much better off. Even if nothing about the circumstances changed your, your ability to cope with it, deal with it, have peace with it, understand yourself and your role and it will change. Well, the problem is remembering addiction doesn't play by any set of rules. It doesn't make any sense. Right. We all face different things in life, whether it's a business school finances, like neighbors, there's like logistical tactics we have to always do to like deal with life. But when it comes to mental health and addictions, there are no set of rules that follows. It no. doesn't make any sense. 
So the family's looking at the situation going, what in the world? I hope we can just continue to drill into people's minds that those that are suffering, once they're stuck, and unfortunately, at the beginning of this process, when people are just doing things they shouldn't, when we call it bad habits, nothing ever gets done because it's done in secrecy. They're able to hide it. Yeah. It's only when it gets bad enough that everyone's like, oh my gosh, we got to do something. At that point, your loved one is not going to be able to help themselves. No. Now, and- now listen, there are stories. There's the one in 10,000 where someone can see, oh my goodness, my life's unmanageable. And they'll- Course correct. Course correct. But that is extremely rare. So right. don't get hung up on that hope either. It takes a whistleblower. It really, truly well, does. and it takes a plan. Well, it takes a plan, but the whistleblower is what starts the process. Every family that I've ever worked with who has success, it's because someone said enough is enough. Yeah. Someone said, we need to get help. We need to, we need to figure this out. And so instead of trying to handle it in-house, they reach out, they get help. And then we look at the, the we look at the situation differently. There is no easy solution. And there is a lot of failure involved in this. Mm-hmm. There's one guarantee in getting help and doing this. Every family I've worked with, at minimum, will gain some sanity. They will stop allowing mixed feelings, resentments, different positions of opinion or view, the way they view things. They set it all aside. Yeah. And they'll see it in the same light of what they have to do to get their loved one help. And then they can just stop the bickering, stop all the weird, unwanted yeah. feelings. So at minimum, the family will unite. Once that happens, it either gives you peace that, hey, we all came together to actually do one thing that could help you. So whether or not your loved one chooses help, you just united the family and stopped letting the addiction tear you apart. Right. That's the guarantee. Well, you regain peace and sanity in your own home and in your own life when you can do that. And here's how it works. It happened in my family and every time I've seen it. The second that happens, it sends a message to the person that's just drowning. Things are different. I'll never forget that with Josh, that episode with Josh. Yeah. Um, go back and listen to Josh's episode, by the way. Um, but he felt a shift in his family. He was a, a very active addict at the time. And, and his family bought the courses, had been working with Danny. And he, he said he vividly remembered going to his parents' house and feeling this feeling that told him, you're not going to get what you want here. Like they're not messing around anymore. Yeah. It was just a total energy it's a shift. shift. And here's, here's a reminder. <laughs> it's really hard to grasp this, but addiction quite literally re- rewires the, the way your brain works. It has control of you. You are no longer in control and it teaches everyone around you exactly what they need you to do to keep it going. So your loved one who is doing the most terrible things and causing all this harm I'm sorry to tell you, but it is not them. It's the yeah. addict inside them controlling them. They are now become a puppet. So it helps you to get over, even if it's anger that's keeping you stuck. It's like, okay, move on. If you just even need to tell yourself, okay, they're mentally handicapped right now. Yeah. Cool. We need to go figure out a way to help them then. It's going to require our efforts to put it together. All of this starts when someone in the family says enough and we need help. Yeah. If you're listening, that's most likely going to be you to get this process started. And I can promise that once that shift happens, like you said with Josh, happened with myself and everyone else I've seen, it's when finally the family changes, it gets their attention. Yeah. And maybe that's not even enough. 
maybe it just takes until a serious consequence or circumstance happens and they now they they want help you're already prepared and ready to go right right absolutely which is exactly what happened in his case i also just want to to remind everyone of just something that we talk about all of the time but it is it is like the most true and most consistent thing in every single family and it is that no solution is as permanent as a temporary solution and every family ever in this circumstance has a multitude of temporary solutions that they are just tossing out right you're just like throwing up throwing the band-aids trying to trying to just you know, oh, this we're, we're, we're trying this, we're trying this now, now we're doing this angle. And it's so, it is exhausting on a level that, that unless you have experienced it before, you cannot comprehend. And it is also exhausting because it doesn't help you make any progress at all. <laughs> so that is why we are just so passionate about helping families actually use all that energy towards something that helps propel the family in a good direction Yes, getting ready prepared having a plan in place sanity yep and that's what gives you the ammunition to help and it gives you sanity in your life yeah it really does and and in recovery those people who decide okay i'm going to try this i'm going to try to get my life back i'm going to do this those who recover those that are willing to do what's required rather than what they feel like doing and that actually applies to the family too yeah and you've tried you've done your best and now you know it's time that you need help so please reach out let us help in any way we can. We're so great, grateful you guys joined us. We're grateful to be back. We have some really cool topics and people we want to bring on and some ideas we want to do to help. And we're also hoping if you have any suggestions, like any yeah, any specific unique suggestions, please, you can just email me specifically, danny at yourlivingproof.com or go to our Instagram or our website. Anything you'd like to know, we, we, we would love to talk about it and explore more on this, on this podcast. Yes. But also share our podcast. Um, I've been so delighted in the last like couple weeks to meet so many people that are are listening and it's been so fun. And I want more people to continue to get this information because I know so many people that need it. So share it with a friend. Please Um, share us, uh, share your favorite episode on um, your Instagram and tag us so that we know what your favorite episode was and that you're sharing it with your friends. Have a great week, you guys. Thanks so much.